Welcome to episode number 51 of the Mastering Marriage Podcast, where our goal is to strengthen, unite, and restore your marriage. My name is Amanda Taylor, and together with my husband, David, we are the co-founders of MendOurMarriage.com, and our goal is to break the back of divorce by bringing married couples together to be accountable, keep the passion alive, and explore the hidden issues that try to rip marriages apart. And we are back in the booth today with another awesome topic with me, of course, Amanda Taylor and my husband and my co-host, David Taylor. D-T-Z-H-B-Z for sheezy. <laughs> okay, that was... A little extra, but guys, welcome back. We hey, are hey. we are in the booth, and we're in a much better looking booth now. Um, <laughs> as we are continually Our upgrading, upgrade. yeah, we're continually upgrading the office and the studio, and so it's looking rather dapper right now. <laughs> you know, Mandy's sitting on her side; I'm sitting on my side, and mm-hmm. we, babe, we used to we started in a closet. And yeah, we did. <laughs> we closet. were in a walk-in closet with one microphone. That's amazing. God is really, really good and blessing us. I really yes, appreciate that. Um, but anyway, guys, welcome to episode number 51. Uh, this is going to be a really juicy information pack. I know I say that a lot, but this one is really going to be juicy. <laughs> so I just want to prepare you guys for that. Also, before we do, I would like to let you guys know that this episode, episode number 51 of the Mastering Marriage Podcast is brought to you on behalf of I said I do, but now I don't. And, and whose book is that? And, and this is my book. And guess what, guys? It's an Amazon best-selling book. Yay. Yes. Awesome, baby. Good thank job. You. Good I, job. No, well, you know what? I want to say thank you to everybody who, as soon as I sent that email out, tons and tons of people went and purchased it on Amazon, yes. on Amazon Kindle, mm-hmm. and, and left reviews. And as a result, we were able to get it literally in the first day of it being on Amazon. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The second day of it being on Amazon, it got ranked up to number three um, wow. in the divorce category. So I really appreciate that, guys. We have two bestsellers on our hands. Praise God. Yes, so, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that. So in any case, if you haven't got it, go ahead to Amazon. Check it out. It is there. Leave a review. We will appreciate you for that. Um, anyway, let's get to this juicy topic because we got a lot of stuff to go over. And this is an interesting topic that we're going to cover. Uh, and actually, the idea of this particular episode came from uh, one of our good the people that we've been working with. Um, and, you know, her and her husband, we really appreciate, you know, you know who you are if we if, if you're listening. Yes. And we really appreciate you, too. Can't wait to see y'all in person. But we were working with them um, in a particular session and this particular topic came up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, this would be a great podcast. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, okay, let me go ahead and jump in because, like I said, it's a lot. So, get ready. You ready? You ready for this, babe? Let's go. All right. I'm good. So, okay, today is going to be a very interesting show. Um, we're going to talk about a topic that you probably have never really thought about as it pertains to marriage. So, since we started Mend Our Marriage uh, back in 2014, We've had the fortunate opportunity of working with tons and tons of great couples. Right. Um, our podcast has grown to be one of the top ranked podcasts in the mm-hmm. kids and family category on iTunes. We now have two Amazon bestselling books. Um, we've had the luxury of working with, very closely with tons of great couples mm-hmm. through our counseling, 
and coaching programs. Mm -hmm. uh, there's literally not a day that goes by that we aren't in some fashion working with someone to help improve their marriage. All with the intention of what? Breaking the back of divorce. Snap, crackle, pop. Now, <laughs> now these aren't vanity metrics, and I'm not saying this to sound a certain way. Right. I'm saying this for a reason. Because of the proximity that we've had now to struggling marriages, we've learned so much about the issues that cause marriages to fail in the first place, as well as what needs to happen in order for marriages to succeed. Exactly. So we found out what doesn't work and what does work. Mm -hmm. So today's topic is one of those overlooked concepts that most people struggle with, but very few people will actually discuss. Now, remember that most marriages fail because of why, baby? Because of the lack of knowledge. Yeah. So most marriages fail because of a lack of knowledge. So today we're going back to school. We got another juicy topic that is going to be packed like a lesson. And I want you really to take some notes. Those who are listening, mm -hmm. you may have to go back and listen to it. But remember, marriages fail because of what we don't know. Exactly. So the more information we have, the better off our marriages will be. The more you seek to become a student of your spouse, mm. the better off you'll be. There you go. Go on preach, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to talk about why you aren't really married to your spouse. Say what? Yes, you heard me correctly. <laughs> We're going to talk about why you aren't really married to your spouse. Now, before you press the stop button or refute my statement, I want you to first consider a few things. Break it down. Now, <laughs> now think back to episode, what, 36 yeah. of the Mastering why Marriage did Podcast. I get yeah, where we talked about that very unasked question. Why did I get married? Well, remember, in that episode, we discussed how most people truly are unaware of what is at the core of their motivations. Right. And that's just in life, not just around married, but in life. So meaning that we don't really know what drives us. Or if we know what drives us, we don't like to openly admit it to ourselves or to others. Yes. Um, we also shared in that episode that most individuals get married to meet their own personal needs and desires. Mm. So if you want to get a, kind of get a, a feel for the depth of that conversation, go back to episode number 36 and then come back and revisit this. Mm -hmm. Or you can listen to this and then go back and listen to that one, whatever works whatever best. Whatever you want. <laughs> But so, so think about that. So mo we, we shared that most individuals get married to meet their own personal mm -hmm. needs and desires right. and that on a deeper level and really a hidden level, we often seek out from others, the needs that were never met in our childhoods. Mm. So we pick our spouses based on their ability to meet our needs that were never catered to as children. And again, check that episode out if you want to get the really full force of uh, what I mean in that particular episode. Now, this is an interesting phenomenon because something very unusual happens when we do this. So when we start to, you know, pick a spouse for them to meet our needs that were unmet as children, something very unusual happens. So, so think about this. As we seek to meet our unmet needs through our spouse, we unintentionally create an image of them that is often vastly different than who they really are. Right, let me say that again. So as we seek to meet our unmet needs through our spouse, we unintentionally create an image of them that is often vastly different than who they really are. A so, lot of times we don't know that. Yeah, no, this is like on a subconscious level. Yes. So yeah, you're absolutely correct. We, we don't know this. Um, 
But so think about this. So if you grew up in a household where you were rejected and abandoned by your father, you will instinctively desire a spouse who is strong and assertive, but also respectful and extremely affectionate. So you, you'll be drawn to a spouse who appears to be extremely nurturing and loving, one who validates you and makes you feel loved. Now, remember, this is because of what you didn't get growing up. Right. So we often seek to close that loop and we often use our spouses to close the loop. So these qualities become your ideal spouse, right? So remember, if, we, if, if you grew up and you were rejected and abandoned, you, you develop a certain image of who you would like to marry. And that becomes your ideal spouse. The, the image that you often saw when you first looked at your spouse. Remember the cloud nine butterfly mm-hmm. feeling, right? That, that becomes the reason why you have all those feelings in the first place. Right. Now, this process happens on both fronts because... Just as well as you're creating that image, they, your spouse, they're playing the role. Mm -hmm. So they present as affectionate. They present as loving, affirming, and nurturing, even when there are warning flags. Now, again, we all come packaged with a mask that we wear when we meet our spouse. So when when I met Mandy, I had a mask on. When she met me, she had a mask on. And so we played to those roles. Even when there are warning flags or signs that who you are or who you are presenting to be is not really who you truly are. But again, in this cloud nine season of the marriage, remember stage one of the six stages of marriage, in that love, that crazy love stage, you're not really paying attention to those warning signs. You're paying attention to how they're making you feel the butterflies and the chemicals that are fire, firing right. off in your brain. You remember that. Go to, go back to episode, what was that, 49, 48, Something to listen to that. Is. But anyway, so as we covered in previous episodes, the problems with warning signs early on in the marriage is that they're often overlooked. <laughs> we just completely ignore them. We don't even pay attention to them. But you can always go back and like if you're looking back, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So you look behind you and say, yeah, you know what? There were a lot of warning signs that I kind of overlooked. We get we hear that a lot from people. Mm-hmm. So now get this. As a result, you marry the idea of your ideal spouse, mm-hmm. not who they really are. So, again, you're not really married to your spouse. You're married to the idea of your ideal spouse. And, and, and if this isn't bad enough, if you never come to the realization that you are married to the idea of your ideal spouse, you will constantly seek to push them into being that person. So who you want them to be is how you will treat them. Mm -hmm. Think about that for a second. So when they present as their true selves, or who they really are, you will reject that person Mm -hmm. as you seek to push them into the mold that you have for who you want them to truly be. So again, you're usually going to be married to the idea of your ideal spouse, not who they really are. Now, this is deep, and I I want you to pay close attention to this because most people don't realize that they do this. And I'll be honest, I'll be the first to admit that I was extremely guilty (laughs) of this with Mandy, like extremely guilty. Like I had an image of who I wanted Mandy to be. And whenever Mandy presented as who she really was, which happened to be completely different than who I wanted her to be, 
I would criticize, reject, and even push away who that person was or who Mandy was because I wanted her to be who I needed her to be for me. Mm. Okay, I, that may sound like a rhyme. I didn't do it on purpose, but think about it. I would criticize, I would reject her, I would push away. I would, I would compare and contrast, you know, and because I wanted her to be that person, that ideal version of herself that I needed her to be for me. Right. So I was married to the idea of Mandy's ideal self, mm. the person who I had originally fell in love with because she was meeting my unmet needs. Now, now this goes deep, guys. I want you to think about how this relates to your marriage, to your interactions with your spouse, to the expectations that you put on your spouse and, and vice versa. And you may even be thinking this is just too deep. This is just too much, but just understand, like we've said in previous podcasts, we'll study to show ourselves approved in every other area. Mm. You know, we will work, we will work hard to really understand and grasp the concepts for our job, mm -hmm. for church and for other leadership positions. But when it comes to being leaders in our homes and working as a team and building up our legacy and yeah. our culture and our home, mm. It's like we shy away from it. We say, well, it shouldn't take all this. Mm. But why shouldn't it? Why shouldn't it? That's a good question. I ain't going to answer it right now. I want y'all to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that is, that is a, a great way to put it. If, if you want your marriage to survive, you have to put in the work. It does take all that. It takes a lot. And more. Um, and so that's why, we, that, and, and that's why we're taking the time to really break these things apart. Because a lot of people aren't having these conversations. Exactly. And it's unfortunate, but hey. We got to do what we got to do. Let's drive this nail in even deeper. So remember, guys, like I said, for me, I was married to the idea of Mandy's ideal self, the person who I originally fell in love with because she was meeting my unmet needs, the voids that I had lurking beneath the surface that I wasn't owning up to. Now, most people want their spouse to be a certain way and will actually push and expect them to become that person. So, right. for instance, if she wants a husband who is emotionally attentive, she will often expect and push him to be there on an emotional level. Mm -hmm. And guess what? When he's not, she will most likely strongly encourage him, not in a positive manner, by the way. She'll be more emotionally manipulative, or she may even like punish him by withholding sexual intimacy, mm. right? And that's a no-no. That's a no-no. But it happens so often. Yeah, Or he may desire for her to be very sexually expressive and av available, and when she's not, he may criticize her by saying things like, well, my past girlfriends were always sexually open, or I could easily find someone else who's willing to meet my sexual needs. Mm. And we've heard that as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and husbands say, I Sadly. mean, we say these things. So it's not like this is some far-fetched idea. Mm -hmm. This is what we hear from our clients, yeah. you know? So and these aren't just these, these aren't just people out in the sticks somewhere mm -mm. and just these outlandish saved these are yeah these sanctified. are people filled with the holy spirit <laughs> i mean i mean all walks of life yeah, you know yeah. black white you know mixed mm -hmm. you know all all religions i yeah. mean it's 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 deep out there y'all it's real out there yeah it is and i know that you may be thinking oh i wish he would or i wish she would but i'm telling you mm -hmm. you know we're in the trenches yeah, and we hear yeah. it every day yeah. and it's so sad and that's why we're here to to be able to educate and help yeah. help us as a people as married couples yeah. to be educated in this area to break the back of divorce yeah snap crackle pop that's just a habit now <laughs> but anyway so so as you can see 
being married to the idea of your ideal spouse is very dangerous and can be very damaging to your spouse. Now, I want to give you guys a few reasons why this can be dangerous and damaging to your spouse. So, so consider these things and I want you to see, I want you guys to see how guilty you are <laughs> with these things. Now, all right. So being married to the idea of your ideal spouse causes you to lump unhealthy and unfair expectations onto your spouse. And again, we talked about this a lot in episode 36 when we talked about why did I get married? You know, it's, it's, we bring expectations to the marriage. And remember and, expectations and standards are two different exactly. things. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And usually I hand Mandy. Well, when we first got together, I did do this. I handed Mandy my expectations. And for, I handed David mine for how she should be and for yeah. how I should be. Exactly. And then when we didn't measure up with that, those expectations, we got disappointed. Let down. Yeah. So, and actually the, the uh, second reason why it's so dangerous is because being married to the idea of your ideal spouse causes you to resent who your spouse really is. Exactly. So the longer they go without fitting your mold of them, the easier it is to resent them for disappointing your expectations. And for or you for, to question a marriage. Yep. Yep. And it, cause that's usually what happens next yes. is I get, I grow resentful. I get disappointed. My expectations aren't met. And then all of a sudden I start to doubt that I made the right decision. Exactly. Another reason why this is so dangerous is because right. If being married to the idea of your ideal spouse it creates insecurities in your spouse. So the longer they go unseen, unheard, and not validated, the more insecure they become. And this is exactly what happened to Mandy. Right. I created a lot of insecurities in Mandy because I was judging her based off of her performance to the expectation of her ideal self, mm. not who she really was. And so who she really was was going unnoticed. Mm -hmm. Here's another reason why it's so dangerous. Being married to the idea of your ideal spouse causes your spouse to feel rejected and neglected. Th this will most likely trigger many of their past wounds. Now, right. a lot of people are walking around full of rejection from their childhood. All it takes is for one person to push that button and all of a sudden they start to defend and protect themselves as if they were back in that childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. And this actually goes into the next point of why it's so dangerous. So being married to the idea of your ideal spouse makes it extremely difficult for your spouse to feel comfortable being their true selves around you. Mm. As a result, they will most likely be more defensive and guarded and less likely to be emotionally vulnerable with you. Now, yes. for all of our standards out there, those who are standing for a reluctant spouse, please understand that the key to getting them back is making sure that you cultivate a climate of safety and security mm -hmm. such that they are able to be emotionally vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that it's your fault. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, you have to fill the voids that they have. Mm -mm. It just means that instead of, you know, being reactive, be more proactive mm -hmm. and seek God to see, okay, what, are, what is going on inside yeah. of them? Yeah. Tell me, Lord, spiritually, what, what condition are they in? Exactly. So that you can speak more so to their heart and into who God has created them to be, yeah. not to the actions and the words that they are letting come out. And not to the idea of your ideal spouse. Right. Because you can't react to them as if they're their ideal versions of themselves. You have to communicate to them based off of who they really are, like Manny right. just said. Right. Uh, here's another thing, another reason why it's so dangerous. 
Being married to the idea of your ideal spouse is extremely selfish. Yes, I said it. And thus the opposite of unconditional love. Mm -hmm. Remember that unconditional love is the only type of love that makes permanent relationships possible. Meaning that if you aren't loving your spouse unconditionally, you leave room for them to start looking out for themselves to feel loved and validated. That's right. Yeah. So now most people getting married will make this mistake without even knowing it. And most of y'all who are currently married will commit this mistake and not know why. And we did it. Yes. So we, we know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So let's explore why we make this mistake in the first place. That way we can truly attain the change that we all seek for our marriages. Now, here are three main reasons why we marry the idea of our ideal spouses instead of who they really are. So take notes of this, guys, because I want to make sure that you guys are getting all this. Um, and it's a lot. So here's the first reason why we marry the idea of our ideal spouses. Now, think about it this way. This could be a way of coping with what you never had while you were growing up. So if I never had a caring mother, I probably never saw her as a caring wife. And as a result, I will desire for my wife to be what I never had so that I can find closure to the damage that not having a loving mother has created in me. Mm. Hope you saw all that. <laughs> that was a mouthful. We have people that we work with now that yeah. struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're trying to find closure to the damage of their past trauma. Right. And they're using this relationship as a means to an end. Mm hmm. That's right. The second reason why uh, people marry the idea of their ideal spouses instead of their true self is that being married to the idea of my ideal spouse can be a way of personal validation. Mm. Now, before you say no, not me, <laughs> think about this. Most people get their personal validation through association. That is so true. <laughs> That's why... Wearing certain brand names is associated with status and why you would rather wear Jordans instead of FUBU shoes. Now, I know that's you because don't act like you want to wear some FUBUs instead of Jordans. So think about why. Think about why I would rather prefer Jordans over FUBU. And just even getting validation. <laughs> just even, he's so silly. Just even getting validation that from that funny. people agree with the choices that you're making. Mm -hmm. Somebody, you ask somebody, you know, do you like my hair <laughs> or do you like my outfit or mm -hmm. do you like this scent on me? We look for validation in yeah. the people that we, you know, from the people that, that we, we care about yeah. most. And that we surround ourselves with. So if you think about it, if in my mind, my spouse is affectionate and loving and an upstanding person, that means that I'm good enough of a person to qualify for that type of person. Right. So birds of a feather flock together. If I'm around a wealthy person that makes me feel validated and valuable as a person myself. Mm -hmm. Right. Think about that. So and, and the, the third reason why we marry the idea of our ideal spouses instead of who they really are is that being married to the idea of your ideal spouse can be a way of avoiding the truth about who you are and who your spouse really is. Like if you think about it. No one wants to believe that they are bad at making decisions. You know, no one wants to admit that they've made horrible relationship choices or, right. you know, their choice or preference in their spouse or loved one, you know, is probably not the best decision. Nobody wants to admit that. Right. Nobody wants to hear that at all. Some people would rather live a lie than accept the truth about themselves. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, living in truth 
is extremely scary. Mm -hmm. It's stressful and time consuming for most people because it means that they will have to embrace the reflection that they see in the mirror and change those things that can be changed. But guess what? They have to accept the things that can't be changed. Mm. And a lot of people wouldn't or don't want to accept those things that can't be changed. Mm -hmm. Okay. So sometimes you just got to own up to the truth and live reality. And deal with it. Work through it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Learn from it. Yeah. By now, I'm sure that you can see how detrimental being married to the idea of your ideal spouse is and can be towards having a healthy and thriving marriage. Mm -hmm. Some of you are wondering why you remain unhappy and not satisfied with your marriage. It's because you keep trying to force your spouse to be someone who they are not and most likely can't be at this point in their lives. Mm. Like if you think about it, some people have a strong desire for their spouse to love them unconditionally. But what if they can't? What if they can only give you what they have? What if they never truly received unconditional love as a child, or they never saw their parents exhibit this type of love with each other? What if they just don't have the skill of effective communication or conflict resolution skills? Are you willing to accept that? Now, in order for your marriage to survive and thrive, you have to be willing and able to see them past their mask and past your idea of their ideal self. Mm-hmm. See your spouse for who they really are, flaws and all. And own up to the fact that you probably married someone who's not perfect, someone who may be incapable of becoming the ideal version of who you want them to be. Unconditional love is about acceptance, both accepting yourself and also accepting them as an object of your love, accepting them for who they truly are and working together, right, babe, Mm -hmm. to both become better versions of yourself. That's right. Now, you want your spouse to feel comfortable being themselves around you. And I talked about this earlier when we talked about how, you know, safety and security, Mm -hmm. you know, breeds emotional vulnerability. Now you want your spouse to feel comfortable. You want them to feel safe and secure around you. Don't let your issues distort your perceptions of your spouse because doing so only makes matters worse for your marriage. Mm. Say that one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let your issues distort your perceptions of your spouse because doing so only makes matters worse for your marriage. Mm. Now I can go on and on about this topic because this is a really interesting topic to divulge into. And it's very pertinent for your marriage to, to know this information, but we'll wrap up here uh, with the challenge for your marriage. And I want to leave you guys with a call to action that, you know, you could begin to apply because we want you guys to start to see changes. So, Our challenge for you between now and our next episode, which is in two weeks, is for you to truly see your spouse for who they really are. Here is what we want you to do in order to make this come into reality. We want you to do this, okay? We want you to pray that God begins to reveal to you an accurate image of your spouse. Ask that God give you grace to love them like you loved their ideal version. Mm. Seek to learn about your spouse, 
Remember, Mandy talked about this earlier at the top of the show, you know, becoming a better student. Seek to learn about your spouse so that you can see them through the appropriate lenses. I want you to write down what you see. Okay. Like literally pen and pad, write down what you see, both the positive and the negative traits. And then we want you to learn about these negative traits Mm -hmm. and seek to understand where they came from. Because if you think about it, these negative traits are no more than coping methods. They're habits of coping. So we develop certain traits that we don't like to share with other people, but they're actually the way that we use to cope with past pains. So, okay. So after you do this, after you write these things down, um, we want you to schedule a meeting with each other to share what you already know to be true about them. And what God has revealed to you about who they really are. So this is going to take you actually seeking to spend time with them, to be very specific about sharing with them what you know to be true, but also what God has revealed to you about who they really are. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then uh, develop a plan of action, you know, work together, you know, regarding a plan of action around both the positive and the negative traits that you guys both possess. I want you to ask and answer certain questions like, how can we leverage our strengths to enhance our marriage? Mm -hmm. So how can we use what we are good at to take our marriage to the next level? And I also want you to to ask, how can we make sure that our negative traits don't negatively impact our marriage? Mm -hmm. So how can we mitigate the risk of our marriage failing due to these negative traits? Right. Okay. And so we would love to hear from those of you who are bold enough to actually participate in this activity, you know, so you can actually email us at what, what's the email address info at info at mendarmarriage.com. Yeah. Okay. So email us there, or you can leave us a voicemail on the website, on the homepage. There's this little gray button or tab that sticks out on the right. Mm-hmm. It says voicemail. You can leave us a 90 second voicemail there, or you can also go to the actual page that this podcast is on mm-hmm. mendourmarriage.com slash episode 51 mm-hmm. episode 51 you can leave us a comment there because we would like to kind of hear your thoughts about this process Le- leave us a comment about you know your experience speaking with your spouse about the negative traits the positive traits um, and how you guys have worked together to leverage those strengths for your marriage we want to hear from y'all don't be yes, strangers yes Don't let be us strangers. know let us know yes please and also remember you can like comment and share these episodes on facebook right this this is one of the best ways for our message to be kind of spread to other marriages is if you guys actually help us by sharing them and you know commenting and you know just expressing and sharing your thoughts about these things on social media we really would appreciate that lastly Subscribe in iTunes and leave an honest rating and review there. Uh, we really appreciate those of you who are subscribing to the yes, podcast. We do, we do. Uh, if you subscribe, either, either in iTunes or Stitcher Radio, uh, whenever we release a new episode, it'll automatically be downloaded to your phone. That right. way you don't have to worry about waiting to get an email from us to let you guys know that there's a new episode. It'll be downloaded to your phone automatically. Uh, And then also the more people that subscribe and leave reviews, um, the the more people will have access to uh, these great divorce destroying resources in iTunes. (laughs) And so help us spread this message and we will love you for life. Anyway, guys, (laughs) 
I think we're done. Is there anything else you want to add, baby? I think we're good. Just just really digest this. Write it down. Get it in your spirit and your mind and your heart. And let's continue to break the back of divorce yes. and, and dispel confusion in, in our marriages. Yes, please, please. But I guess, guys, we will talk to you guys in episode 52. We out. Deuces. Deuces, baby. Thank you.